Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile, and the regular season is upon us, Bulls Nation. The Chicago Bulls kick off their 2023-2024 season in just a matter of hours against the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. My gosh, it feels like the 2023 season just ended and it just tells you how fast the summer can fly. The summer definitely flew by this year. The offseason is in the rearview mirror. Preseason basketball is in the rearview mirror. Now it's time to get to the real games. And I can't wait because there are some major storylines that we got to talk about in this episode today as we preview this upcoming year. And I have a few bold predictions I want to get to that I have that have been kind of running in my head uh, really all offseason and want to get those on the record on this podcast and then come back later at the end of the season and talk about how stupid I am for making those predictions. But that's either here nor there. Um, I really feel like early in the 2024 season, right, even before the calendar turns to 2024, there's going to be some important basketball games. And if you're an avid listener of the Rebuildable podcast and you listen to some of the episodes that I had with Drew Stevens in the offseason, and even with some of the guests that have come on, we've talked a lot about the first 25 games. And that actually was something I talked in our last episode with Elias Schuster about from from Bleacher Nation Bulls, because he's actually the one that sort of brought that to, I know, uh, my attention during the offseason when the schedule got released, that the strength of schedule was pretty tough for the Bulls um, coming out of the gate. And they have some really tough opponents in that first 25. But I'm going to actually take this a little bit. I'm going to even increase the microscope a little more. I'm going to say the first 10 games, right, right out of the gate here, roughly two weeks to start the regular season. Those are going to be, I think, very telling. And I looked at the schedule here, and in those first 10 games, you have, of course, the opener at home against the Thunder. Then you're home against the Raptors. You're at the Pistons, who will be without... Uh, Bogdanovich and Morris to start the year, at least it sounds like that first month, at the Pacers, at the Mavericks, home against the Nets, at the defending champion Nuggets, which, you know, Denver's been a house of horrors for the Chicago Bulls for years, except for last year where they, you know, got their first win in uh, more than a decade. And then you have three straight at home hosting the Jazz, Suns, and Pistons. So those first 10 to me, they're kind of a mixed bag, right? You got a cluster of star-driven teams like the Nuggets, the Suns, the Mavericks. You got a mix of the young, rising teams like the Pacers and Thunder. Again, if you've been listening to the last, you know, 10 or so episodes, really since the offseason started, I've been big on the development of the Indiana Pacers. I think that's a team to look out for. Do I think they're a finished product and they're ready to take a massive leap yet? No, But I think they're definitely one of those up-and-coming teams, kind of similar to what we saw the Thunder be last year. And the Thunder, I think, are still one of those really intriguing teams to watch for this season. Um, And then again, in that mix, you still have teams that, you know, you should beat out of the gate. The Raptors, the Nets, the Pistons. And even though the Pistons are getting better, I think they're still a couple of years away from really breaking through. So that first collection of, of games, those first 10 games, really are, I think, an interesting small sample size for the Bulls to start the year. 
And I think it could tell us a lot about this team. You know, are they going to be the team that overachieves by taking care of business against those lesser opponents and then getting up for those big boys and maybe getting a couple upsets? You know, could they end up being six and four? Hell, could they could they do what they did last year and play up to their competition and take care of business? Because then you're looking at maybe a seven and three, eight and two start. And that'd be huge for this team coming out of the gate. Or are they going to be the same bulls from last year? Very Jekyll and Hyde. Play up play down to their competition, depending how they feel, you know, and that leaves every game in flux, which you don't want to see. You want to see this team start to maybe even take a little bit of a step up based on the upgrades from the off season. So of course the, that 25 game sample has a lot of major competition, but I really think if the bulls come out of the gate hot, that you could really change the forecast of the season. So like, I brought up being seven and three, six and four there just a, a minute or two ago. And think about this. If you're seven and three or six and four, and you head into the next 15 of, of those first 25 in the meat grinder, I think that could take the pressure off a lot. Might give them that confidence to play up against some of this other stiff competition along the way. So kind of my, I guess, sell job there for you of why you should be intrigued with Bulls basketball here as we start the regular season. Because um, I think it really could be telling what this team could have in store for us uh, before we even flip the calendar over. Um, One of the things to me, if if we're going to see this incremental growth from the Chicago Bulls, I think it's going to require three things. First, it's going to require that big three adapting more to the flow of the offense, right? Not necessarily in ISO, because if, if we just look on paper at the big three of the Bulls, you know, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, you look at those three and you look at just their countable stats, their counting stats, everything looks great on paper. The truth is, though, when they play collectively and they play with the rest of this core, something just has always been off. The rhythm's been off. And I think this season... I'm curious to see if we have a little more rhythm, something similar to what we saw at the beginning of the 2021-22 season when Lonzo Ball was in the picture. And I know a lot of us Bulls fans get on that, but there was something that was clicking. This group was in rhythm. And it'll be interesting to see with the development of guys like Kobe White, Patrick Williams, can they get more into a flow? And I think that's number two. It's going to require the young guys, Kobe, Pat, to take that next step up this year. And I think Kobe White, to me, is poised to take that step. I think there's a lot of positive signs we saw last year, you know, in a little more limited action with the second unit. And as his role grew, I feel like he got into a rhythm. And I feel this preseason, he's carried that momentum. And that's why he earned this starting point guard job. Patrick Williams, I want to see a little more. I still think there's something there, but I want to continue to see that development, see that, you know, aggression, aggressiveness that Billy Donovan talks about. It doesn't necessarily mean he's got to score, you know, 15 and, and grab nine rebounds. And I, it, it's not even necessarily about being gaudy statistically. All right. And I don't even know if that's gaudy statistically, but you know what I mean? I, I want to see it from the eye test. Right? Is he bringing it on all ends of the floor every night? Defense, offense, is he fighting through screens? Is he fighting for rebounds? 
Is he doing all the little things with high energy, even when his shot's not falling? And even if his shot is falling, is he still doing those things? That's what's going to make him, I think, the biggest difference maker on this roster. All right, and the last thing that needs to go right for the Bulls, it's going to require the new additions, Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, to settle into their roles. Because I think they're going to be vital in that second unit. And I also think there's opportunities where they're going to be maybe tasked upon to close out games. And I want to get into that a little bit later here. Um, But all these things, your big three flowing into the offense, the development of Kobe and Pat and the additions settling in to their roles. I think they're all going to be crucial for the Chicago Bulls in the 2024 season. So I mentioned that I have three questions heading into the season that I, I want to know answers to. And to me, it's kind of like they're the lingering storylines, if you will. So let me first start with this question. Can the Bulls develop youth while increasing their win total from last year? It's, this has been a question I know posed on many podcasts, um, in articles, and really I think all of Bulls Nation has has wondered this really since last season. You know, the, the Bulls are in a mode with Arturs Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley where they want to have their cake and eat it too, right? They want to be able to, you know, win games, be competitive. We can all find on the definition of what competitive means to this group, but they want to be in that playoff hunt, playoff picture. They want to be consistently winning games, but they have some interesting young pieces that you think would require maybe a little more hands-on development. Problem is, you can't really do that when you have a situation set up the way it is right now. You have to get kind of creative to do it. So, we've talked about Kobe White. He is somebody that I think is developing, despite the circumstances around him. Patrick Williams, we kind of hinted to, is somebody that needs, I think, a little more of a heavy hand. And I actually got to admit, I kind of like what Billy Donovan did this preseason when he called them out in the second to last preseason game for not, you know, hustling through screens and grabbing rebounds, right? He talked about the aggressiveness and I like that. And I feel like Pat responded to that. Now I just want to see it consistently. I don't want to have to have Billy Donovan consistently call out Pat and look, Pat's even saying, you know, he wants to to get that extension. He wants to get paid. The Bulls aren't going to extend him. They didn't reach an agreement with him. You know, and I think Pat's looking for, you know, north of $20 million a season. I know that makes some Bulls fans a little uneasy, but you have to look at it this way. Look where his draft class, how much money they're making. And sometimes we get caught up, I think, on the dollar amount. You really have to look at cap percentage, right? And it's probably in line with what a guy like him is about to make. Now, I think right now, a little less than $20 a year, I think, would be palatable for me. But I would understand it. If they extended him, that was the going rate. I would have understood. Still would have felt a little uneasy. But you know what? It's a prove-it year for Pat. And money can motivate. So I'm curious to see if Kobe and Pat are self-motivated and start to take those steps this year. And really, I'm curious to see, will Billy Donovan find ways to get these guys in their comfort zone? I think that's the key. We talked a lot in the offseason about Billy Donovan 
needing to really master the rotations this year. And he has, I think, the weapons this year. And again, the the additions weren't sexy, right? They weren't the flashy names. Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, solid role players. But they really fill a need, right? They really fill a need for this team. Three-point shooting, veteran presence at the point guard spot, veteran presence at the four. Just so happens that your starting point guard and, and probably your starting power forward are both younger guys that might need that motivation, might need veterans behind them that can kind of help carry the load from time to time. And I think sometimes that helps with development, having those kind of veteran presence in the locker room, on the roster, there to push those young guys. And so I'm glad that they brought that in. But I also want to see, does this you know, new player development staff, You know, we, we heard about Peter Patton, we know there were some other developmental staff and coaches added and it'll be interesting to see are they going to develop these guys and and look not just pat and kobe we got to talk about some of the other young guys we haven't talked about dalen terry dalen terry needs to continue to develop like right now he's on the outside looking in terms of being a regular rotation piece in fact i would argue that julian phillips might see more action than dalen terry because julian phillips is at a position where if there's any type of injury to, you know, be Patrick Williams, Tori Craig, Nikola Vucevic, there's a chance he's going to see action. So I think he could end up learning on the fly a little bit, but it would be nice to see, you know, those two young guys. And you can even throw Io DeSumo into that mix. How are they going to continue to develop this year? So it will be interesting to see. And, you know, you still have your big three, Zach. Vooch, DeMar, you have Alex Caruso, and we mentioned Craig and, and Carter. Like, that right there, that that's your group that is in that win-now mindset, win-now mode. And with a coach that you could tell is in a win-now mode, it will be interesting to see how Billy and this coaching staff juggles both of those philosophies because you, you definitely have guys that are going to need more hands-on development. And you also have this goal that's being set by management, you do have to win. You have to be somewhat better than last year, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how how that's juggled by Billy Donovan. And actually leads to my second question, who is going to close out games for the Chicago Bulls this year? I'm actually really curious about this one because I've always said this on this podcast. To me, it's not necessarily who starts games. It's who finishes games in the NBA. Like, it's awesome that Kobe and Pat are starting at the point guard and power forward spots, respectively. But I'm curious, like, are they going to necessarily be the guys finishing games? Um, And I think what I keep coming back to is, you know, game time situations. What's going to be happening in the fourth quarter of a game, right? Are they down? Like, if you're down 10, 5 points, you're probably going to lean on Alex Caruso more. You might lean on Torrey Craig more, Javon Carter more, down the stretch of games. So that would tell me that those two young guys probably take a step back, Kobe and, and Pat. But if I need buckets, I know for sure Kobe White's going to be in those games. I, I feel like if, if offense is needed, Kobe White will be in the game because... 
And not only is he kind of getting into that role of, of really being a, a, a good point guard, but he's also, you know, somebody capable of, of scoring in bunches or in stretches. So that's somebody that I think for sure, if you're in need of, of scoring, you're bringing in a guy like Kobe White. You know, the four is where it gets interesting. Is, is it going to be Patrick Williams when you need buckets? Is he going to be the one in with that team? Or is it it's is it going to be whoever the hot hand is, right? Is it going to be, you know, if Pat, if he's scoring at a high clip that game? Is it going to be Torrey Craig if they're scoring at a high clip? Heck, could it be Alex Caruso? You know, I, I don't know. I think there might be a mix at that four spot based on whoever the hot hand is that game. Uh, especially if they're in need of buckets, right? It's, it's a little different if you need to stop people. So I think at that point, does Billy look at a more defensive-oriented lineup that would incru- include an Alex Caruso, maybe include a Javon Carter or, again, a Torrey Craig? So that's one thing that I'm definitely looking forward to. Like, who's going to close out games for the Chicago Bulls in most of these situations in 2024? And then my final question, that I have heading into this year. Can Billy Donovan find the right way to make the big three of Zach, DeMar, and Nikola gel with the rest of the roster? It's the million-dollar question. And and I've hinted to it a little bit here, talking about the rotations, leading into the podcast here. That's one of the biggest questions to me. And I'm curious, is Kobe White the answer to the... Lonzo Ball void. Is it a you know a mix of him and Javon Carter filling that void? I mentioned staggering lineups. Uh, that's one thing that I'm I've been a big proponent of. How can Billy Donovan best stagger lineups to get the most out of this roster? And hinted to this with you know trying to develop youth while increasing win total. Talking about closing out games, they all kind of go hand in hand, and I think they actually all kind of relate to each other. These questions. Because that third question there about the big three gelling, I think has a lot to do with how you put these different players in spots where they're successful. I think that includes, in some situations, taking Zach or DeMar and you know taking them out a little earlier in the first quarter so they get more run to start the second quarter with your reserves. So... Let's say you, you have your backups in of, of Caruso, uh, Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, uh, you know, Io DeSumo, Andre Drummond, whoever it is, right, based on the matchups. In that case, like, isn't that where you want to bring in a DeMar DeRozan or a Zach Levine to kind of give that extra scoring pop to that unit? So you have a, a unit that might be more defensive-minded, maybe spreads the floor a little bit more, especially if you have Carter Craig in there. And then you bring in one of those guys. That's what I'm kind of interested in seeing. And on the flip side, can you also find ways to make sure that with some of those second unit guys, maybe like Alex Caruso or one of Craig or Carter, is in with somebody like Kobe or Pat? So that way maybe Pat gets more confidence with the second unit scoring. You know, maybe he's the one that in some cases fills that role instead of Zach and DeMar. But it'll be interesting to see. Like, I think there's ways to kind of juggle the lineup a little bit where Billy Donovan can maybe get the most out of that big three, get the most out of these young guys, and get the most out of those role players. And that way, 
we can kind of see how how can all these pieces kind of get the most out of each other. Because that's the thing. Like last year, it just felt like if Hero Ball wasn't bailing out the Bulls, uh, especially you know before Pat Beverly came in, I felt like Pat Beverly did offer a little bit of a a reset, kind of settled things down. But we saw most of last year. It just felt like a times hot mess. You know, there were times where things were clicking and then times where things were just complete garbage and things just felt out of sorts. It's something that Drew and I talked about this offseason. Can Billy Donovan just get the rotations right? Because it seems like there's pieces here. Say what you want. I'm not arguing this team's a championship contender. If you've been listening to the podcast since last year and throughout the offseason, I don't think this team is headed for championship contention anytime soon. However, I do feel the moves that were made in a vacuum improve the Bulls. And I'll continue to say that. I think they're going to be better than we expect. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. Does that mean championship contention? No. But I do think it means a little more competitive, maybe even falling at the fringe end of the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. And by fringe end of playoff picture, I mean 5th, 6th seed at their ceiling. So getting into the actual playoffs versus the play-in picture, which is 7 through 10. So I think they're going to be somewhere high-end 5 or 6, low-end probably somewhere in that play-in. And I think I'd be disappointed if they're at 9 or 10 because I think that things did get better. And that's a short-term outlook. Long-term, we can have a different conversation. But in the short-term, I think they've gotten better. So... To me, I'm throwing the gauntlet down to somebody like Billy Donovan. Billy has to get the rotations right, has to find ways to make these pieces work. Because it does feel like there's a little bit more cohesion with the additions you made. right? Javon Carter, Torrey Craig filled the need. No doubt about it. When we looked at it to start free agency, we knew Bulls needed three-point shooting. They need to fill the void in at the... At the point guard spot, need to fill a void at the forward spots, and they did that. Now it's time to see how it can all come together. So again, those are my three questions. Can the Bulls develop youth while increasing their win total from last year? Who's going to close out games for the Bulls? And can Billy Donovan find ways to make the big three gel with the rest of the roster? And as I hinted to there, I think all of it kind of looks at how Billy Donovan and this coaching staff stagger things out in terms of lineups and rotations this year. All right, so I want to get into some other stuff real quick. Um, before I get into like the regular season record prediction, right? We all got to hear a record prediction at some point, right? I want to do some other bold predictions. So I have a few that I want to get to here. So here are my bold predictions for the Chicago Bulls this upcoming season. All right, so let's kick it off with number one. My first bold prediction. I think DeMar DeRozan is going to average less than 22 points per game in 2024. Now, my reasoning for this, let me start by saying I don't think it's going to be a bad thing, okay? I still think he's going to be highly productive, but I just get this feeling with 
maybe more production out of Kobe White at the starting point guard spot. And maybe a little bit more pop from Zach Levine out of the gate this time around, now that he's healthy. I feel like this could be a slight year of regression. Now, if you look back to last year, DeMar played 74 games. And I kind of remembered his splits. And if you look post-All-Star break, you kind of see that the, the scoring numbers went down. Now, something to keep in mind. That's not an even... 50-50 on the season because the all-star break kind of happens well after the halfway point kind of comes up with like 30 something games left also DeMar was dealing with the quad injury I had to remind myself of that but I really just think the other factors could play into it and I do think there's always a natural a natural regression with age and that's okay but I still think he's going to be a very valued player on this team I think he's still going to be providing clutch scoring when the Bulls need it. And I think he's going to provide that veteran leadership that the Bulls need. So even if the scoring's down a little bit, I still think he's going to be a very valuable player. And that's still nothing to sneeze at. Even if he's averaging less than 22 a game, I think I'd still be happy. It might actually result in more wins for the Bulls this year, potentially. So... I don't know. That's my bold prediction. Again, I'm trying to make these bold. They don't necessarily have to be right, I guess. But this is a bold prediction there. My first one. DeMar DeRozan will average less than 22 points per game this year. All right, my second bold prediction. I think that the Bulls will be slightly over 500 at the start of the new year. Now, this is a total gut instinct, but... I just have this feeling we're in for a pleasant surprise out of the gate. So we've talked about the meat grinder in the first 25. I don't want to keep harping on that. And again, Bulls Nation, go look at the schedule and you'll see what I mean by what we what we're talking about with these first 25. And you can even like stretch it out to the first 32 before New Year's Day. It's it's a tough start to the season. You're playing a lot of teams that were you know, some of the top-tier teams in the NBA, you know, playoff teams from the year before. So that that's why a lot's being made of this start of the schedule. And I get it. Every year is different, but a lot of this can carry over. Like, we know that, too, in the NBA. But I think the Bulls, I think they're going to play up to competition for these games this year. I, I think we saw that last year a little bit. And I actually think that they could catch some of those top-tier teams napping at the start of the year also i keep bringing up the emergence of kobe white and i also think with the settling influences of those new veterans carter and craig i think that could help them get up for even lesser opponents from time to time now i also know that they're not an upper echelon team so that means the losses are still going to come against good teams that are ready to play And the lesser teams or young and hungry teams, they'll get charged up from time to time and maybe sneak a win or two in there. But I think we're going to get a balance of this. So I'm predicting them being slightly over 500. I'm going to be a little conservative. I'm going to say 17 and 15 when the calendar turns. But given the circumstances, I think that could be huge for the Bulls because as we've said in the last episode with Elias Schuster, you, you start to see the schedule soften up a little bit. And if things hold the form with how we think they could with these teams, that might actually do the Bulls favors. If they're above 500 entering the new year, 
that can go a long way in making them better than anticipated and even maybe building that momentum as the schedule softens up a bit. And that gets to my next bold prediction. So based on that, I think the Bulls will add a player of note with the DPE, the disabled player exception. So we talked a little bit about that. I think that's going to get used depending on where the Bulls are at as we get closer to the trade deadline. So I think given my prediction here about them getting through their first 32 games, two games above 500, then I think that means Acme are clearly optimistic about how this is trending. I think most of Bulls Nation would be optimistic with how it's trending. So it would not surprise me if we see the DPE get used to add some type of player of note and somebody that could end up filling one final need that this team has. And it'll be interesting to see what that need is. Is it more three-point shooting? Is it rim protection? You know, give more depth behind somebody like a Nikola Vucevic. I like, I like Andre Drummond, but you know, Andre Drummond's kind of up and down, and we see how Billy Donovan's handled his minutes in the past. Could that be an area that gets upgraded? Could it be, you know, maybe adding more uh, depth at the point guard spot? You know, I, I'm very optimistic about Kobe White and even Javon Carter, but do they think they need somebody that might be your standard floor general? in this case, and maybe that frees up Kobe White to be more of a combo guard coming off the bench. We don't know, but I think that this is something that could end up happening if the Bulls are indeed uh, above that 500 mark when the calendar turns. So that's one of my bold predictions there, that the Bulls add a player of note using the disabled player exception. All right, so my next bold prediction, and this is one I saw Casey Johnson kind of make mention to, he did uh, an article kind of looking at practical predictions, but I had this noted down a couple of days ago that I think the Bulls offense will jump into the top half of the NBA. So Johnson put it as top 15 offense. I'm not quite sure where it's going to land, but I think they're going to be in the top half of the league this year. So last year they were 24th in the league in offense. And it was kind of odd given Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan all put up really solid years offensively, if you just look at the counting stats. But collectively, things just didn't seem to gel well. I do think with Kobe White, the additions of Javon Carter, and Torrey Craig, that we are going to see that improve. And I think you hope to see it improve with three-point shooting. There were some things this preseason that did kind of make me a little uneasy that the volume of three-point shooting just still isn't quite there given those additions, but you don't want to glean too much from preseason basketball. So just looking at what those guys have done in their career, plus the continued development of Kobe White's game, I even think if Patrick Williams maybe even continues to just attempt more from three-point range, it might come together for the Bulls this year. So I'm going to make that bold prediction that the Bulls end up with their offense in the top half of the league, which would be a big jump. Again, you're coming from 24th in the league. So any type of improvement like that, I think is solid. And given what the Bulls were defensively last year, they were a top 10 unit. I think that actually continues to hold the form given the additions they made too. So if you can be a top 10 or even just like top 12 defense and be in the top half of the league in offense, I think that definitely helps your chances of improving this year. So 
put me down as somebody that thinks the Bulls will have an offense in the top half of the league this year. And then my final bold prediction. So this one's going to be a little crazy. I'm going to even admit it. Because I said with Patrick Williams that, to me, the stats don't matter as much, right? Like, a lot of people get hung up on scoring, get hung up on the rebounds. But I'm going to make a prediction when it comes to scoring this year. I think Patrick Williams is going to average more than 14 points a game this year. Put it down. I'm going to get bold here. I really think that with his running mate, Kobe White, and him in the starting lineup, I think with more detailed staggering of minutes and staggering of rotations, I think it could really help Patrick Williams this year. And I think we see Patrick Williams average over 14 points a game in the 2024 season. Now, part of that, I think, will happen because of increased volume from three. So if you look at his last couple of years, right, his first two years in the league, he averaged just under two three-point attempts a game. Last year, he averaged just over three. He was at 3.4 last year. So if that can continue to, to go up, which I think it will, I think there's an opportunity that that scoring average also continues to tick up. I think no matter what role he's in, whether he continues to be a starter or whether he is the lead dog of the second unit, I think there's going to be opportunities for Patrick Williams to up those numbers. And as I said earlier, money can be the ultimate motivator. And in this case, I think money's going to be the ultimate motivator. And sometimes getting those numbers to tick up, that's important to these guys. So I'm making that bold prediction that he's going to take a pretty big scoring leap. And as I said to, to Drew Stevens in the offseason, Patrick Williams is the ultimate X factor for the Chicago Bulls. If he gives you all of this production and aggressiveness, whatever it is, right? Fill in the cliche. He gives it. It's going to make the Bulls a much, much better team this year. So count me in as somebody that's pretty high on Patrick Williams in the 2024 season. So, yep, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I know right now Larry Golden, Laro, if he's listening, he's probably loving me right now. I mean, that, that guy's the head of the Patrick Williams fan club. I bet you he's really happy that I'm predicting that. So, again, bold predictions. Patrick Williams is going to average more than 14 points a game. The Bulls are going to finish in the top half of the NBA in offense. The Bulls will add a player using the disabled player exception as we get closer to the deadline because I also think they're going to be slightly over 500 to start the new year coming out of that meat grinder at the beginning of the season. And I also think DeMar DeRozan is going to average less than 22 points per game this year. All right, before we wrap up here, I, of course, have to do the obligatory prediction in terms of the Bulls' record. I mean, it it wouldn't be a season preview without providing some kind of prediction on on what the regular season will bring record-wise. So, I mentioned, I feel optimistic about this team. Do I think they're going to be an Eastern Conference contender? No. I've made that pretty clear all offseason, and I made it clear here in this podcast today don't think they have the horses to do it. I think there's other teams in the Eastern Conference that are definitely much more stacked than they are. And when it comes to best of seven series, it's going to be tough to do that. And I even think, you know, there's going to be hiccups 
along the way this year. Um, but I am feeling cautiously optimistic. You know, I brought up them possibly being around 1715 when the calendar turns that I think they're going to get through the meat grinder of the schedule and actually surprise us a little bit. But I also think things like injuries can pop up and there's going to be, I'm sure points in the season where we do pull our hair out a little bit when the bulls may play down to some competition. I think that's bound to happen at certain points. So I'm expecting things maybe to just level off a bit. So I have the bulls finishing 44 and 38 this season. Slightly better than last year. They were 40 and 42. I put it as a four-win improvement. I think we'll have more encouraging moments than we did last year. Um, what does that mean, though, in terms of where they are in the Eastern Conference? I think it's going to put them at seventh. I think they're going to be at the top of the play-in portion of the Eastern Conference. But I do think they'll be jockeying between that and maybe like sixth in the Eastern Conference. So, hey, I do think the ceiling could be fifth. That'd be great. You know, if you could be fifth or sixth, that means you don't have to deal with the play-in drama. You get right into the playoffs. But I do think that there's some stiff competition still in the East. I know there's a little more uncertainty than years before. There's teams like Philly that we're still not sure about. The Knicks, Cleveland, although I'm kind of high on Cleveland this year. The Damian Lillard trade to the Bucks might change my tune a little bit there. But I still think that would be a, a big win for this roster. Again, we could talk about the long-term outlook another time, but just in a vacuum, looking ahead to the regular season, I think there's been improvements made where I can definitely see the Bulls finishing with 44 wins and about 7th in the Eastern Conference near the top portion of the play-in. We'll see how it unfolds. I'm sure we're going to come back. We're going to mock my record. We're going to mock where I had them finishing. We're going to mock all those crappy-ass bull predictions I just gave you. That's usually how it goes, right? But... All I know is I'm looking forward to Bulls basketball again. Uh, it's crazy to think. I started this podcast in the offseason of 2019. So I've gotten to enjoy the very odd 2020 season with you know the shutdown and restart. Got to enjoy the abridged 2021 season. Uh, the first year of Acme. The elation of most of the 2022 season. And then last season. So I've gotten four seasons under my belt before today. And this is season number five that the Rebuildable Podcast is going to be part of. So it's really exciting to do this again. Can't wait to talk about everything that's going on with this team this year. And how it relates to the ultimate goal of getting the Bulls rebuilt back to a championship contender. Might take a little bit, but I'm happy to be here for the ride and talking through all of it with you in Bulls Nation. And also can't wait to have some guests on throughout the year to kind of get through all of it and talk about some of the big picture stuff as well. So you can find the Rebuildable Podcast, of course, on all the major streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you stream your podcasts, you can find the Rebuildable Podcast there. And if you also, and of course, you also can follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. We're at Rebuild underscore A underscore Bull. You can follow me at mgentile88. So I'll always give my thoughts on the Bulls there. I'll retweet the episodes from the Rebuildable channel and interact with you in Bulls Nation. So that's it for our 2023-24 Bulls season preview episode. Can't wait to get started against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we'll be chatting soon, Bulls Nation.
Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.